Good morning, guys. Hello, hello. All right, well, let's get started. Jesus, I pray. Um, thank you for, uh, well, thanks, Thanksgiving weekend. A few days passed, but thanks, God, for your goodness to us. Thank you that we have this um, this family. And I just pray that as we um, bring our hearts to you, that you would you'd speak to us, God. Um, you m- remind us of who you are, of your goodness. And as we uh, kind of start the Advent season as well, God, I just pray that um, you give us a, a bigger sense, a weightier sense of um, that all that you have done and all that you continue to do for us, God. Amen.
to know you and all we want is to know you mm, Jesus Holy Spirit, we, um, we invite your presence. It's kind of a given when we meet that we hope that you, you move in a way that grounds us, reminds us. God, we just invite. Would you break through anything, any walls, any shells, any anger, fear, God, anything that's, maybe, maybe you are like knocking at the door and it's us, God, so I just pray you'd break through anything that keeps us from you this morning.
the God. You are the God who loved me.
been reading uh, Proverbs this week, and um, if you've read it, many I'm sure have, uh, talks about wisdom starting with the fear of the fear of the Lord, which is like a hard translation for us, right? Fear. So, like awe, like complete and utter reverence. Um, and Proverbs is like, Wisdom, like literally smart living, is like reverence and, and respect for God. Um, I don't know if I always have that posture towards God. Sometimes he's almost overly familiar, if that makes sense. So, Jesus, we just praise you for your glory. We praise you for like your beyondness, if that is even a word, um, what you've done, the, 
is to our God and our Father. All glory forever and ever. Amen. morning. Um, as I was worshiping, I just really got a sense of, you know, um, of just God being with us. Uh, Advent is about that expectation of God showing up and like a, um, uh, felt like this morning, um, some of us, um, God's asking us to shift our heart posture to incline towards God, towards an expectation of him showing up, towards an expectation of him being real and being present and being in our midst and that he loves you and that he cares about you and that he like that there's like Ryan said this this god who we're totally in awe of and have have the utmost like respect and reverence and like the word awesome is literally for god that he's full of awe and i feel like the lord this morning is asking us if we would just take a moment and um, incline our hearts towards God and expect him to be there. And I got a picture of, um, uh, in scripture, it um, talks about the disciple John, and he's sitting next to Jesus, and he's literally like laying his head on Jesus' chest. Like they're, they're so close. They're such good friends that he's laying his head on Jesus' chest. And in that moment, John was literally able to hear the heartbeat of God, like the physical heartbeat of Jesus, of God. Lord, Lord, I ask that each of us, that we could be like John, that we could be so close to you, that we could lay our head on your chest. Um, for those that are willing, I feel like we're supposed to do this. Could you put your hand over your heart and feel your heartbeat? And just take a moment to, to sense that. Just feel your heart beating. consider John being at the side of Christ with his head on his chest his ear on that heart hearing and feeling the heartbeat of Jesus Lord I ask 
for each one of us as we're going into this Advent season, as we're going into this Christmas season, as we're walking through our lives, Lord God, that we could put our, our head up to your, your heart, Lord God, and that we would hear your heartbeat. And Lord, this, this sense of your presence that we have right here in this moment, Lord Jesus, that we could carry that with us, that we would incline our ear towards you, that we would incline our heart towards your heart. Give us your heart, Jesus. Lord, bring us close to you. Lord, may our hearts beat with your heart in sync that we could truly be one in Christ and one with each other through Christ. Lord, that's, that's our heart, that true unity of the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you for your presence in worship this morning and and ask for you to bless the rest of our time. Amen. I just really sense the presence of God this morning. <laughs> so sometimes um, I have a hard time figuring out how to maneuver that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, So let's do this. Why don't we give Dusty a couple of minutes to get himself together? <laughs> um, and um, can I get everybody to stand up for me? I'm going to have you guys greet each other. We'll do announcements and stuff afterwards. But um, yeah, I'm going to get some stuff together here. Um, please do me a favor. Go and greet a couple people. Say good morning. Tell them hello. Jesus loves them, and we will be we'll be right back.
Okay, if I could have you guys start making your way back to your seats, please. I should greatly appreciate it. We'll get started here. Um, a couple of announcements, just things coming up for you to know about. Um, tonight, or well, this afternoon, uh, about 3 o'clock, a group of us are going to meet here together, and we're going to decorate the church for Christmas and make it look all beautiful and awesome. Um, I made some molasses cookies and some snickerdoodles to bring. So if I can tempt you with a cookie to show up and get you to work, consider that done. They, they were made last night, so they're all ready. Um, and then this Friday at Aaron Anderson's house, and I think they're in back, but um, the ladies are going to be getting together for a bunko party. And if you um, have been going to the women's events, if you haven't, it doesn't matter. If you've never gone, it doesn't matter. If you've never even walked in the door of the church and you're watching online and you want to show up, they said it doesn't matter. Just show up, hang out play Bunko. Um, the information is on our website. So if you need address, phone number, time, date, all of that is on the Yakima Vineyard web website. If you just look for Yakima Vineyard, you'll probably see a nice winery in us. So go look for us and you'll get your information there. Also, we are going to be having a Christmas Eve service. Um, we're getting together this week to kind of map out exactly what that's going to look like as far as the time and stuff. Um, the date is set. It's on Christmas Eve. Um, so we're going to have a Christmas Eve candlelight and carol service. If you've never come before, they're like one of my favorite things of the whole year is candles and Christmas carols and sitting in God's presence. And we usually do communion together. And so I would just encourage you to kind of keep that in mind. Christmas Eve, show up here. Be a church family. We're going to sing some carols. We're going to take communion together, and there'll probably be some prayer. And we're going to determine what time we're going to have it at this week. We're meeting this week. Um, so we'll nail that down. Um, I think that's everything as far as announcements. Oh, and we are, our intention is in January to start up doing men's breakfasts again once a month. We usually do it on a Saturday morning. Um, and so we'll kind of figure out exactly what that looks like and kind of the dates and times as we get a little bit closer to that. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything. Take a quick drink. I've got a little bit of a scratchy throat. And I think I got a little bit emotional during worship. So between those two things. <laughs> um, so continuing on with my theme. Um, <laughs> oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Probably my favorite Christmas carol. Oh, Holy Night and Oh, Come, Emmanuel are kind of like really close. Last Christmas, eh, go away. Don't need you, don't want you. Yeah, I, this is like in my fourth week now of dissing on this Christmas song. And so I'm going to have to like, I'm starting to run out of ideas. So if people want to start messaging me, some ideas, text, email, something, you, yeah, but it's, it's a little bit hard to beat Jason. He's a pretty man. So, you know, him kicking away the boyfriend, I don't know. I thought it was funny. 
Last week, though, I, I have to say was my best one, in my humble opinion. That was really fun. I liked it. Um, I enjoy dogging on songs that I don't like. It's probably a brokenness of mine. I might need to ask forgiveness at some point. But um, Christmas season is absolutely my favorite season of the year. Advent. Um, you know, the whole peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Like, at least people are talking about it. Like, you'll see peace on billboards and on, this, on store signs and, you know, around. You'll see joy. You like, it's the only time of year you see fruits of the spirit, like, just randomly around. Right? Like, oh, yeah, peace, joy, goodwill, you know, forgiveness. Like, there's all, you know, there's just, there's like, Fruits of the Spirit, like, out there in the general public. And I feel like it's a prime time of the year for us as followers of Jesus to say, hey, you know what? Like, you can have that stuff year-round. Like, this isn't just December. Like, what if peace, joy, you know, kindness, goodness, forgiveness, love... Like, what if, what if all these things could be like a year-round gig and not just at Christmas time? Like, how cool would that be, right? Um, I talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, Paul speaking to the Colossians and the, the kind of community that he envisioned as a, as a faith community. And how, you know, how can we have that? Um, how can we bring that into our communities? And so I, I feel like... Advent, Christmas time is a really good time to kind of press into that. So we're going to be talking about, we're going to do a series called The Gift of Risk. It's about how the various, the players that were involved in the, the great drama, and I don't mean drama in any kind of a bad way, but the story of Christ's birth. And how did they engage with risk? Because there was a great amount of risk involved in this. We're starting off with Mary. Some of you have maybe never seen the Hail Mary. I was, it's, it, just for, for those of you who have never read it before, it's not just in football. There's, there's actually a prayer that we did all the time when I was growing up um, that was part of our faith, that was part of our faith life. And um, I'm going to actually, there's a, a young lady who wrote a song based on the prayer and so Richard I'm going to play that um, it's channel 8 I believe and if you guys would just kind of um, just look at this is my favorite picture of Mary she looks a little to me like don't screw with me or my baby and I like that I like thinking Mary was like protective of Jesus that he she was like you know Herod sending these guys after my kid and let them try to go through me, that mama bear. I, I like that. I, I like that she has a little bit of that tenacious look in her eyes. Uh, and it's just gorgeous art. So I'd like for you to just kind of view the art, read the words, and listen to it as, as she sings it.
the prayer goes, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In a lot of my Pentecostal circle, I was raised Pentecostal, I, we started off Catholic and then became charismatic Catholic and then went into Foursquare, which is Pentecostal. Um, and in that tradition at, at the church I was in, um, there was like, you kind of ran away from liturgy. You kind of ran away from the Orthodox liturgical church. And um, we never, like, hardly ever talked about Mary except just as the mom of Jesus. Um, now, I don't, I'm not, just to clarify, um, people being sainted, eh, you know, they were all just people. They ate food, they used the bathroom, they slept, like they, you know, they were not greater than you or I as far as that goes. Um, did Jesus speak to them? Yes. Was Mary special? She was. She literally bore Jesus. She carried him in, his, in her womb for nine months. She was his mom. So she was probably a little bit special, right? Um, Joseph, as his, you know, adopted father, basically, you know, Joseph was special. Um, Jesus had brothers and sisters. I don't know if everybody knew that, but, you know, he did. And one of them even wrote a book of the New Testament. And um, so Jesus had, had a family. Like, he was part of, of a family. I'm willing to guess, you know, he probably, like, had small little arguments with his brothers and sisters when he was growing up. Right? Because he was fully human. Now, I'm not saying he moved into sin, because I don't believe that, because Scripture tells us that Jesus never sinned. So he probably, like, didn't grab one of them and, like, chuck him into a fire when he was mad or something, or, you know, used his big carpenter arms and, you know, did him half Nelson, and, you know, the stuff siblings do, right? I could tell stories about my sister, but she would kill me, and I'm still a little scared of her, even though she's smaller than me, so I'm not going to. But needless to say, my sister, she was a powerhouse. She could bust up a sucker, me being that sucker. Um, so, you know, he was part of a family. Mary was his mother. Um, and so she has a special place in our uh, church story, our Christian story, the story of Jesus. She, has, she does have a special place. And so this morning, what we're going to talk about is facing fear. Mary was reasonably afraid. As a dude, I can only understand this so much, but Gabriel comes to Mary and says, God wants you to bear the Messiah. Like, God, through some miraculous method, is going to impregnate you. Can we just stop for a moment and say that's a little weird? Right? I mean, like, if you're just looking at it just, like, from the outside. It's kind of a strange thing. If, if a good atheist friend of mine walked in the door and I was telling the story of how God impregnated Mary, he'd be like, 
what? <laughs> like, like, is that a thing? It's like, well, it was a thing once. <laughs> One time it was a thing. Um, and it was to fulfill prophecy, and there were reasons for it, and because Mary was of the line of David, the son of Jesse, you know, like, there's this whole, there's this whole story of why it needed to be Mary. Mary was not a random choice by God. He didn't, like, take some dice and roll it, and okay, if it lands on seven, it's Mary. If it's 12, it's going to be Barbara. Okay, Barbara, mother of God. No, it's Mary. Mary was a choice. God worked behind the scenes in his infinite power, his omnipotence, and omniscience, he knew Mary was going to be the one who would bear Jesus and that she had to come from the line of David. And so Mary was specifically chosen by God. Now, we don't know free will's a thing, right? I, I was thinking about this as I was putting the message together. What if Mary had said, no, I'm not willing? Like, just what if? Like, what was plan B? <laughs> you know, what, what would God have done? Like, how, how would this have played out? I, and I don't have an answer. I'm not saying I have an answer. It was just like a thought in my head. I think God also knew that Mary was someone who would say yes to God. And he often asks things, especially really big things, of people who are already looking and serving God, looking towards God and serving God. That, that he often asks big things and sometimes miraculous things of people who their heart is already, a little bit like I was talking about earlier, their heart is already inclined towards the Lord. That, that they're already listening for God's heartbeat. That they're looking to God. Like, Lord, you know, when God uh, was standing before the prophet and he said, who shall I send? And the prophet said, send me. I think Mary had that same heart where she was listening for the heartbeat of God. And the Lord knew. I think the Lord knew that she would say yes. I think God loves to work in ways that confounds the idea of the world's greatness. Mary was not a person of wealth. She was not a person of power. She and Joseph didn't have some mansion on the hill that Jesus was going to be born into, right? Like they didn't have a lot of resources. And who does God choose to use? I mean, there were plenty of rich people around, and there were rich Jews around, right? So Jesus could have been, you know, still born Jewish and all the things that needed to happen, like, but with a family that had a lot of wealth. But God's idea of greatness completely different than ours we don't share like i'm like you know you think of like somebody who you know how much easier would jesus's life have been if he had been born the child of elon musk you know or somebody with a lot of money yeah he's crazy but he's got a lot of resources right and so jesus could have like just you know set up his whole ministry Right? I'm going to get some airplanes, and I'll have all the things, and I'll be born now, and I'll have my own radio station, and Elon Musk is my dad, so I'm going to have a really sweet Tesla. And, like, you know, like, Jesus, like, he could have just done that, right? And, like, so from the get-go, 
He could have just had everything he needed to have this great big ministry and do all the things. God does not care about that. If you ever feel like you don't have enough stuff, or you don't have what it takes, or you need more talent, resources, time, money, whatever excuse that it is you might have, all God is looking for is your yes. He doesn't need you to have all that stuff that the world wants you to have. You don't need to have position. You don't need to have power. You just need to be able to say yes. God, use me. Lord, what is it you want from me? Okay, I'm going to do it. And that's what Mary did. Luke 1, 26 through 38 says this. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. To be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be able, unable to conceive is in her sixth month. No word from God will ever fail. I love Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I love that. I am the Lord's servant. All God was looking for from Mary was her yes. Will you serve me? Will you follow me? Will you trust me? Will you trust me? I feel like as I was preparing this and I was kind of just asking the Holy Spirit to speak. Some of us really wrestle with that trust part. And when God's asking for stuff from us that's way outside of our comfort zone, way outside of what we know, way outside of what we're familiar with, will we be willing to simply say yes to what he has for us, for what he's asking of us? Can we just say, can we say yes? Can we say, like Mary, I'm the Lord's servant. See, when you're someone's servant, 
and they ask you to do something, there's an expectation, right? That you will respond and you will do what it is that's asked of you because you serve. Like, I, I'm your servant. Um, in another part of my life, when I was younger, I was a waiter. And if somebody asked me to fill their water, I wasn't like, do I really want to fill their water? I don't know if I have enough water to fill that glass. Um, maybe I could ask, maybe, maybe you could ask one of the other waiters to fill your water. I know I'm your waiter, but could you maybe ask one of the other waiters to fill your water? Because I don't know that I feel up to filling your water right now. By the way, don't forget to tip, and 20% is preferred. You know, I mean, like, you know, it's just, it's, it's a little silly, right? If you're someone's servant, if I'm a waiter, if, if you're someone's servant, and your job is to care for them, there's not this whole business of, like, like these mental gymnastics that we go through, right? Like, to try and figure out, okay, God, I know you're asking me to do this, you know, but, but, but half rounder, double flip land. You know, it's just, it's, you, we don't do all of that. You just, you respond and you grab the picture and you fill the water. And I would that all of us, myself first, that we could respond to God in that way. That when he speaks to us, we just respond like Mary. May your word be fulfilled. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. As soon as Mary's spoken to, you know, by the angel, she also doesn't say, I'm the Lord's daughter or the Lord's beloved. She identifies herself. Her primary identity in God is as a servant. And, and this is Mary who's carrying Jesus. Her primary identity is as a servant. After she receives the declaration of God, and it's kind of funny that God didn't ask if she was willing. I mean, she could have said, no, we do have free will. I mean, that's not, I don't want, I'm not Calvinist, I'm just not. Um, we do have free will. But Mary shows, as I mentioned, kind of referenced earlier, why God chose her. She's just ready to do it. She's like, I'm God's servant. Whatever you ask of me, Lord, I'm going to do. She's just ready to risk it all, even though she was afraid. It said she was afraid. It said she was afraid. I think it was, and I, I apologize if I misquote this somewhat, but I think it was John Wayne who said that courage is being scared as hell and stepping in anyway, like going forward anyway. It's like, it's, that's what courage is. It's, it doesn't, being afraid is fine. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be afraid. It's, it's okay to feel some anxiety as you're stepping out and doing what it is that God has created you to do and called you to do. It's okay to be afraid. And that's what courage is. If you weren't afraid, that wouldn't be courage. Right? Like, it's, it's stepping out. It's, it's saying, Lord, here am I. I'm your servant. Send me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's don't be scared. I mean, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay. I want you to hear that. Mary was afraid. 
But she also knew what was more powerful than her fear was her obedience to God. And that's what God's looking for us in, as well. Now, this is kind of true, right? It's not as hard to risk when there's an angel in the room with you encouraging you. Like Gabriel's there, she's like, Mary, you are favored by God. Like there's an angel standing in front of you and, and they're like saying, you can do this. You're favored by God. You're God's chosen one. You have been chosen. Like, like it's like, well, yeah. I mean, angel encouraging me, heavenly glow. I can do this thing. But then what happens when an angel goes home? And it's just you. Character, right? That's where our character comes into play. Our strength. Our purpose. Our understanding of who we are and who God is. And knowing that I can do hard things. That you can do hard things. So much of our world is in avoiding things that are difficult. Of not trying to work out relationships that are difficult. Trying to work out job situations that are difficult. Trying to work out you know, church situations that are difficult, trying to work out family situations that are difficult. Like, it's so much easier. I mean, that's why addiction's so huge, right? Like, we self-medicate so that we don't have to deal with the stuff. And that's all, I mean, we all, we all medicate in different ways. And I, I think it was the theologian Don Wilson, if I remember correctly. He's like, everyone is addicted to something. It doesn't matter who you are, there is something that you're addicted to. There's something that you self-medicate with, whether it's Star Trek, or if it's drugs, or alcohol, or if it's work, or if it's money, or if it's being busy, or if it's a respect and achievement and power. All of us self-medicate with something. We find something to, to use to help us avoid pain and hard things. Scripture tells us that God is always with us and that he walks with us and that God is not going to fix everything in our lives for us so that your life's just easy. I mean, he didn't do that for anybody else in Scripture. Jesus himself had a really difficult life the Apostle Paul was thrown in jail, bitten by snakes, thrown off boats, put in prison. I mean, there were lots of things that happened to lots of people. You know, King David is being hunted down by his best friend's dad and like having spears chucked at him as he's like trying to live in a cave. I mean, God didn't spare anyone in Scripture. And yet, sometimes we have this expectation of, well, God, why? Like, why are things so hard sometimes? How come my TV won't turn on? God, why do you hate me? Silly, right? It is silly. And, and I, I am guilty of this 
you know, sometimes on a Sunday morning, technology's not working, and I'm like, that must be the enemy. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> You're being stupid, or the stuff's just not working. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not the enemy actively, like, you know, it's just like, but we like to think, well, God, why don't you like me? Because there's all this stuff. And as you read through scripture, you're like, oh, dudes in scripture, like, they had some really hard things happen to them, and God didn't spare them. And so why do I expect that I'm any better than Paul or David or Abraham or Jesus himself, whose friends turned their backs on him, who was crucified, beaten, tortured, A lot, it seems like in a lot of the streams of modern Christianity, we want to just say that God's going to make everything okay. He'll give you all the money you need. He'll give you all the comfort you need. He'll buy you that new car you need. Um, you know, whatever it is to make you comfortable. And in the light of Scripture... It's just not true. God calls us to be obedient. And success in God's kingdom looks completely different than it does in the world. Looks completely different. Success in God's kingdom is being like Mary and facing your fear and saying, I am the Lord's servant. And whatever that looks like, God, I'm willing to do. If we can face that fear. And have courage when you don't. I, I've been in seasons more than once where I read scripture and it's just words. Or I pray and it feels like I'm praying to this mic stand. Or I'm like trying to sense God and it's like white noise. Like there's just nothing there. I've been in those seasons, like I said, multiple times. Um, St. John of the Cross calls it the dark time of the soul, where we're just in this season where we're, we're doing all the things, right? And God just doesn't seem to be responding. And it's a real thing. And it, it, it's, it's happened multiple times in church history and through scripture. And people, you know, C.S. Lewis has written about it. Uh, Keller has talked about, there's, there's multiple people who, like, this is a, a real thing. And I felt like in the midst of my message today, I was supposed to encourage some of you that if you're in that place where you read scripture and it feels like nothing's happening, where, where you go to pray and there's no response from God, where you're, you're doing all the things that used to work before and they just don't seem to be working. You listen to worship music and it's just noise. Like all those things, right? All the things that, you, that usually work and none of them are. I felt like I was supposed to encourage you this morning that that's where, like Mary, courage steps in. When that otherworldly glow of God just isn't there, how do you continue to pursue God and do it and pursue your faith even when it doesn't, you're not feeling it. And it's hard. 
And like I said, I have been there more than once. But I want to give you hope and a promise. Here's your hope and here's your promise. The promise is this. If you can continue to serve God and follow God, read the word, pray, worship, keep orienting yourself towards God. Keep inclining yourself towards God. Keep laying your head on God's chest to hear his heartbeat. If you can continue to do that, you will come out the other side. And here's the crazy thing. Your faith is going to be stronger and deeper and more rich than it was before. That's the hope and that is a promise. I can, I can personally, from having walked through it before myself, can attest to you that that is real. And that your relationship with God matures and changes. You know, like, for anybody who's been married for a while, sometimes you have really difficult times. Sometimes there's struggles. I mean, Chris and I have been through injuries and sicknesses and death of loved ones and bankruptcies, or not bankruptcies, foreclosures. And, I mean, you know, things, hard, difficult, challenging stuff. I mean, we were dirt poor most of our marriage, you know, living in a single wide trailer. I mean, um, and I feel like that that strengthens you if you can get through it, you know. Um, both of us have had mental health issues from time to time. I've had lots of physical injuries because I'm clumsy <laughs> and I'm prone to accidents. Um, you know, and Chris had to take care of me. And, you know, we had a baby, Cormac, who's now at college. And, like, all of these things mature you and mature your relationship and grow you. And it, as, it, as, it, as you walk through it, if you can continue to press on, it, it changes things, and I feel like our relationship with God is similar. If you can walk with God through heartache, through struggle, you know, we don't feel in love every day. And sometimes it's that way with God. You may not be feeling his love, even though it's there. It's always there on his side. But you may not be feeling it, and your love for God may feel a little cold. If you can continue to press on and move through that, you're going to have a deeper, richer love. And like Mary, if we cannot be scared and not run away, it will change you. And it will change your relationship with God. Luke 138. Mary must have been frightened in referencing this verse. Like her passing thoughts. What kind of a future, especially in Jewish culture, does an unwed pregnant mother have? Like, they would have to be cast out, right? I mean, in Jewish culture, that was a really, really bad thing. Her family would disown her. She would be mocked for her story. Can you imagine, like, hey, um, I know I'm pregnant. wasn't Joseph. I know we're engaged, but it wasn't Joseph. I'm pregnant, and God impregnated me. How's that going to go down? <laughs> like to your friends, 
to your family, hey, mom, uh, I'm pregnant, <laughs> and it was God, right? <laughs> like, how's that going to go? And in her community, I mean, have you ever thought for yourself how the opinions of other people might be keeping you from an act of obedience? Like what other people think about you? If God's calling you to do something, if God's asking you to do something, how much does what other people might think about it play into your analysis? How much does that play into your yes? I know I've, I've experienced this. I've experienced this because, you know, I've, I've had arguments with my family members <laughs> about... Like, why do you waste so much of your time doing God stuff? We have large chunks of our family who don't even follow God, don't even, you know, agnostic. You know, they're not antithetical to God, just don't necessarily want to have a lot to do with him. And so seeing us spend so much of our time serving him and serving God's people is super confusing to them. Like, they don't get it. And if, if I allowed their opinions about how I serve God influence me, I probably wouldn't even be doing it. I wouldn't. Like, if it was up to them, you know, there's a football game on. Dusty, you're a good cook. Why don't you come cook? <laughs> Hang out. Watch the game. You know, like, why are you wasting your time at church? Why are you wasting your time with God's people? However, conversely, I had, um, and Chris hasn't heard this yet. It's not anything bad. Um, just preface, let me, let me preface before she gets nervous. Um, I, um, uh, rode with uh, Christy's brother down to drop our niece off so she could go back to college in Chicago. And he and I were having some conversations on the way back, and we were talking about community. And we were talking about isolation. And um, at his job, he hasn't gone into work in the last two years. When everything shut down, his company, they just said, everything's going remote. We're going to all be remote, and you're staying remote. Like, you're not going back. And... Um, from his own mouth, don't really have friends, don't really have community. Um, like, you know, I live in this part of, you know, um, Seattle, and they live in this part of Seattle. So getting together, getting, you know, for a meal, it would be like an hour and a half drive or an hour drive. <laughs> like, you know, um, so we just don't. Um, and he was asking about me. I was like, well, I've I've got lots of people I could have dinner with and lots of people in my community. And, um, you know, we have people who we love and who love us. And, you know, if there was, if I got sick or something, people would show up at the door with food. And, you know, there's just, there's these, you know, we, we, we have community. And he says, how are you connected to most of them? And I said, well, most of them through church. Not all, but probably a good 90%. Um, and he said, you know, I think that's probably, he said, he said that's probably one area where churches 
fulfill a need that nobody else is, is in community. I mean, he's completely ignoring the faith side of things, but that's okay. <laughs> like, for now. Not that we're not having conversations, but, you know. Um, he's like, because that doesn't exist in most of the rest of the world, the general culture. Um, and for us, as followers of Jesus, coming together, seeing each other, a hug or a handshake or a high five saying hi how can i pray for you can i love on you as you're going through something difficult you guys we have something unique and special that most of the world doesn't have and our lives are better for it they're better for it for all of us and i don't know if you realize it i don't know if you realize it but I, it definitely hit me in this conversation I had. And part of that is our saying yes. I, yes, I will have the discipline of gathering together. Yes, I will be part of community. Yes, even when it's hard, even when I disagree with what Dusty says, even if worship wasn't necessarily my favorite flavor a particular Sunday morning, or whatever it is. Like, I am choosing to be part of this family. I'm choosing to be part of this family and follow Jesus together. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Sometimes it's scary following God. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes you question yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? What's the point? And I feel like that last bit, that self-discipline piece, that's where that comes in. <laughs> and like Mary, just being God's servant. Here's my hope and my prayer. That we as a church would have the courage and strength of Mary. Not allow ourselves to give in to fear and doubt, allowing fear and doubt to make us helpless and make us hopeless and apathetic and not care and freeze up. That we wouldn't allow that. And if we can do this, if we cannot allow for fear and for doubt to paralyze us, we have no idea what God might birth out of us. See, each one of us carries Jesus with us, much as Mary did. We have Jesus with us. We carry Jesus. We carry God. And it's our privilege in honor and responsibility to share what God has given us, to share Jesus that we carry with us to the world around us. And I, I felt like I wanted to end today. Ryan, could I have you guys come back up, please? Thank you. Um, I want to pray. Um, if you could do the last, the last tune. Um, 
I want to pray and ask the Lord um, that we could be like Mary, that we could recognize those areas where we're afraid and where we doubt and where if we're being really honest, we can say, God, I'm not sure if I trust you in this. I know you're telling me to do this, but I'm not sure if I trust you to do what it is I feel like you're telling me to do. I just, I want to pray into that, and then I want us to go into this last song, and the song is about us giving our adoration to Jesus, giving our worship to Jesus, giving us, like, giving God, inclining ourselves towards God, as I mentioned earlier, listening for God's heartbeat, adoring him. Um, and so I want you to, to sing this last song with that intent, and then we'll be finished. Um, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just, I pray against the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just uh, don't often go this route, but Lord, I just, um, Lord, I just feel like I'm supposed to declare Lord, I declare that the spirit of fear has no hold over us. Lord, that we can walk into and step into where you're calling us to go, like Mary, that we can say that we are your servant. And Lord, that we say we want your words, Lord, that we want your will to be fulfilled and to be fulfilled in us and through us, Lord God. So would you use us this morning? Lord, would you use us throughout our lives, Lord God, that we could step into those places that even cause us anxiety, even cause us nervousness, that, that we may feel fear. Lord, I ask that we could step into those places and know that you are with us and that you're encouraging us. And even when we don't feel you, Lord God, that we can have faith to know you are there. Um, I feel like that there is there is a couple of you, it's not just one person, but a couple of you who God has placed uh, for lack of a better word, a a calling or a nudge or um, a longing um, to serve him in, a, in certain ways. And it's like this constant wrestling with yourself and with God about what that looks like or how that's going to happen or if it's even real. And the Lord wants to speak to that this morning wants you to know that it is him and that he did call you to that and he did nudge you and he did draw you and he is he has and will be equipping you to do what it is he's called you to do it's a both he, he has equipped you to begin already and he will continue to give you all that you need as you walk into it if you can be like Mary 
and just be his servant and just get him the glass of water when he asks for it. So Lord, for, for anyone in here who that's for, Lord God, Jesus, I just ask for your anointing to fall on them right now. Holy Spirit, would you move on them and through them, Lord God. And Lord, as we as we enter into worship in this last bit, Lord Jesus, Lord, I ask you would meet them in the midst of worship, Lord. I ask that you would meet them in the midst of their worship, Lord Jesus, that they would sense your presence, they would, they would know you are there, like Gabriel showing up and making an announcement that they would sense your presence and they would feel um, like you're proclaiming something over them, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that you're good. Amen. Um, so we're going to sing this last worship song and then you'll, you'll be released to go. some people over on the side in case during during the song if anybody needs prayer um, you know who you are pray people have a few over there uh, don't leave without getting prayer if you need it
let us adore Jesus, we, uh, we adore you. We hold to you. I just am sensing, just as we're sitting in his presence and just saying, Jesus, here we are. Here I am. He sees you. He sees you biting your tongue sickness and your sadness. He sees you, your work, your efforts. He sees you when others don't. And um, 
don't know, I guess I just feel compelled to encourage you to, throughout your days, pause and say, Jesus, here I am, and he'll see you. those that want to pause and, and rest. Uh, otherwise, God, we just uh, we bless everybody here. We ask for this week that we'd stay close to you, God. In Jesus' name.